Good morning, church. It's great to see everyone here. Everybody, welcome to Good Shepherd this morning as we open the Advent season. Welcome to those who are joining us online. Remember to comment and let us know that you're you're here. And let's everybody wave at the house, at each other. Wave at our folks online to let us know that we are connected as a family. We want to thank the uh, chamber choir here with us, the chamber brass here with us uh, from uh, White House Heritage High School. Thank you all for being here this morning. Great way to kick off the season. Uh, Our food pantry needs have been scrolling through the uh, rest of the announcements, but this week is dried beans and ramen noodles. Uh, We want to uh, remember this week that this is the last week for Grove before we break for holiday season. Um, We want to uh, also be reminded that next week is the last week to bring our uh, birthday cake items for um, our pantry needs as well. We have our uh, Christmas canteen on December 3rd. We we will be highlighting our music, Uh, so come and join us at 6.30 that night. Uh, You'll notice your commitment cards are in the... um, pews that we mentioned last week and uh, your gratitude jar cards are in the back if you did not get those last week. So they are available for you and they are also available online. And you do have your Advent schedule of all the events in your bulletin this morning as well. We also want to remember if you uh, want to um, do a poinsettia in memory or honor of someone, uh, those cards are on the back as well. So let us now turn our hearts and minds to the reason we're here, which is to worship God. If you'll please join me in saying our opening prayer. Blessed Lord, our God, God of Israel, and God with us, with expectant hearts, we, your people, await Christ's coming. As once he came in humility... So now we may, that he may make all things perfect in your everlasting kingdom, for he is Lord forever and ever. Amen. They've got me kind of boxed in here today, so they're going to let me behave. That's all right. That's all right. Not a problem. Today we welcome you to the hanging of the green service. This is the beginning of the celebration of the coming of the Christ child, the advent of Christmas. Advent means coming. We celebrate these days of Advent in expectation and preparation for Christ's arrival. Through the centuries, Christians have observed a time of waiting and anticipation before celebrating the birth of the Christ child. The Advent season is a time for reflection and preparation, but it is a joyful mood. Advent has been enriched by Christian tradition to reflect the distinctive Christian meanings. It proclaims the revelation of God's love as expressed in Christ's birth in a humble stable, his sacrificial death on the cross, and his victorious resurrection. It points to the hope of Christ coming again as the King of kings and Lord of lords. Our sanctuary will be transformed with rich symbols of the season. And once again, we share the meaning of the symbols with one another, with our own and in the light of Christ's presence among us. Let us today prepare him room in our hearts, our lives, and our homes. Let us stand together and join in the call to worship. How shall we prepare this house for the coming of the King? 
with branches of cedar, the tree of royalty. How shall we prepare the house for the coming of the eternal Christ? With garlands of pine and fir, whose leaves are ever living, ever green. How shall we prepare the house for the coming of our Savior? With wreaths of holly and ivy, telling of his passion, death, and resurrection. How shall we prepare our hearts for the coming of the Son of God? For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world that through him might be saved. Glory, Glory to God, God in the highest. God will send a righteous king. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. And he shall be reign of king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In the days Judah will be saved, and Israel will live in safety. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Jeremiah 23, 
Advent wreath has been a part of Christian tradition since the 15th century. The use of an Advent wreath during the Christmas season can help focus attention on the four weeks of Advent. As we anticipate the coming of the Christ child and the gifts he brings, we wait. We wait with hope, peace, joy, and love. The anticipation teaches us about the thoroughness of God as God patiently shaped history in order to prepare the world for the gift of God. As we await, we learn to be responsible for being ready. God gives, but human hearts and minds must be made ready to receive. Our response to our waiting reminds us that we must accept God's offer on God's terms. Love teaches us and reminds us of God's wonderful and marvelous plan to redeem the world. The symbolism of the wreath is rich and instructive. The evergreen is the symbol of life and living things. Arranging the greenery in a circle symbolizes life without end. The candles are arranged in a circle to remind us of the continuous power of God, which knows neither beginning nor end. The three purple candles are darker because they represent the darkness of the world prior to the coming of God's Son. The rose candle, sometimes called the shepherd's candle, symbolizes joy. Rose is the liturgical color for joy. The world experienced joy at the birth of Jesus. As the candles are lit, they represent the hope, peace, joy, and love Christ brought into the world. The white candle, positioned in the center of the wreath, is the Christ candle. On Christmas Day, the candle is added to the other lighted candles. The growing flames remind us of the Star of Bethlehem. More importantly, the candles remind of the light of the world, Jesus Christ, shining in the midst of darkness, offering life, hope, joy, peace, and the love of God to all. to the house of the Lord. Palm 122.1 We are glad whether we drove in or climbed up, whether we logged on or tuned in, we are glad to be here in this community with this family. It is a place of joyful hope, of radical welcome. It is a place where together we can wait in wondrous anticipation of the kingdom to come. Many peoples shall come and say, Come, let us go up on the mountain of the Lord, to the house of God of Jacob. Come, God, may teach us God's ways, so that we may walk in God's path. Isaiah 2.3 We light this candle as a sign of our hope, our joyous hope that we can be restored. Our faith restored, our strength restored, our confidence restored, our joy restored as we watch and wait with all God's people for the promise to be fulfilled. Let us pray. Eternal God, whose word brought forth light to the void 
and whose spirit breathed life into the forests and skies and seas. Bless those who use this wreath. May this wreath's light remind us of your creative presence within our lives. Let the greenery bring your eternal faithfulness to mind. Make its circle be a sign to us of the love within this gathering and your constant love for us. We place our lives and this prayer before you through your risen Son and the Spirit who kindles our faith. Amen. Amen. Let's sing together. Light the Advent or yeah, light the Advent candle. come forward this morning, we, we want to remember that we always are a blessed people and that we have an opportunity to return to God a portion of the blessings that God has given to us. We have many ways to do that here at Good Shepherd. We pass the plate. We can do it through automatic giving, through putting it in the envelope, or through uh, our text. So let's, let's take a moment this morning to dedicate our gifts back to God. Thank you. 
God, we lift to you our gifts. We lift to you the blessings that we have returned to you. We ask that you receive them, bless them, and use them to further your kingdom on earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. As we approach Christmas, 
We buy presents in preparation to give to our friends. But how can we prepare to welcome Jesus, who is at the heart of the season? May we begin to think about it now by joining in a very simple action. On the pews, you'll find strips of cloth. They're either behind you or that you can reach out and get the ones in front of you. If laid on top of each other, they'll make a patchwork quilt in the manger that we can prepare for the baby Jesus. So let us be silent for a moment and turn our hearts and minds to preparing the manger for Christmas, to preparing for Jesus. When the song begins as you are led, come forward with your strip of cloth and lay it in the crib, symbolizing our intention to make a place inviting and warm for the Christ child. Oh. 
built for the cradle, cradle for the child, the child for our every joy and sorrow. Find him a song that's woven by us all to welcome the Lord of each tomorrow. Ring cold or fair, carefree or full of care, searches of all the ages. Weave into one a welcome for the Son, the Savior of shepherds and of sages. Cloth for the cradle, cradle for the child, the child for our every joy and sorrow. Find him a song that's woven by us all to welcome the Lord of each tomorrow. We're starting a new tradition here at Good Shepherd with the traveling baby Jesus. We've prepared its manger, and this baby will travel throughout the congregation between now and Christmas Eve. It will spend 24 hours in your home, and you will have a journal on here to write your thoughts about what it was like to have the Christ child in your house for 24 hours. And then at the end of that 24 hours, you will pass it along to someone else in the congregation. If you should happen to receive it on the 23rd, your job is to get it back to the church. (laughs) Because what will happen on the 24th, uh, we will take the journal and we will read some excerpts from that journal about what it was like to have the Christ child in our house. And we're going to start with the Grubb family. So, you're in charge of Jesus for 24 hours. Well, let's take some time this morning to uh, lift our joys and concerns before God's throne. Uh, It's great to have some of my family folks here and some friends here uh, worshiping with us this morning. Um, What are some others that we we would like to lift before the congregation? Now, Vicki shared several with me this morning that we will continue to keep their family in in our prayers. Brothers. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Holy and awesome God, we give you thanks today, as every day. Thanks for waking us up and gathering us into your house for worship. Lord, as we prepare our hearts and our minds for for your coming, let us enter into a time of preparation so that we may make things ready for your coming. Lord, we thank you for all the blessings that you have given to us this season. We thank you for time together. We thank you for abundance 
of blessings. And Lord, we, we ask that you be in the midst of the situations that need comfort, that need care, that need hope. And Lord, we just ask that you go before us and use us as your hands and feet. But Lord, as many times as we lift things to you, there are things that lay on our hearts that, that we don't know how to put into words and that we don't know what to ask for. So Lord, in the silence that follows, we to pause for just a moment so that you may hear the cries of our heart. Lord, for all that you say, for all that you do, and for all that you are, we give you praise and glory in this time and in this season. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we enter into this season of Advent, we turn our hearts and minds to the birth of our Savior, the Messiah. Society tells us that this season is about gift-giving and receiving, busyness and celebration, marketing and the the end-of-the-year bonuses. As Christians, we know that the season is about much more. Family and friends, preparation and reflection, redemption and reconciliation. About a God who loves us enough to send His Son into this world to teach us what it means to love unconditionally. A baby changes everything, and the babe in Bethlehem changed the world. This season at Good Shepherd United Methodist Church, we will focus on heaven coming to earth in the form of a baby. A baby born in Bethlehem. This baby was no ordinary baby. This baby is the Savior of the world. This baby offers us gifts that are immeasurable and irreplaceable. This baby offers us mercy and grace and forgiveness like we've never received before. This baby is about unconditional love. This event in time was not a one-time occurrence, but one that is remembered 2,000 plus years later. As we explore the significance of this baby's arrival, we will discover the message of hope. We will prepare our hearts to receive the gifts of hope, peace, joy, and love. We will learn to become like the first recipients of these gifts and how to share this message of love that Jesus brings. You are invited to join us on uh, Wednesday morning at 10 o'clock, beginning December 7th, to, to dig deeper into these thoughts of whether, whether you're a new believer, whether you're an old believer, or somewhere in between. Our Sunday morning Advent series will hit the highlights of heaven's entrance into the earthly realm and our journey and as we begin to arrive in Bethlehem. Join us on this Advent journey as, as we prepare for the Christ child and the difference a Savior can make in our lives, our faith community, and the lives of those around us. Today we'll hear prophecy of old through song and words in Scripture. We will witness time-honored symbolism of our faith and we'll see it come to life. We'll bask in the beginning of the season that at times can be a bit chaotic, but life-changing if we allow it to be. We began this morning preparing the sanctuary for Christ. We began preparing our hearts for the Savior. May this service begin your Christmas celebration and turn your hearts to the true meaning of Christmas. Rest in the moment and hear the Savior speak as we prepare for His coming.
declares a child will be born. Isaiah 9, 2, 6 through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in the land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests on his shoulder, and his name is Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Great will be his authority, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Let's stand and sing together, O come, O come, Emmanuel.
Luke 2, 4 through 7. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place in the guest room. One of the most heartwarming expressions of Christmas is the Nativity, showing us baby Jesus being watched over by Joseph and Mary. The Nativity speaks to God, the mystery of God's wisdom, why God chose to send his son into our world, a baby of humble birth, born into common surroundings, we do not know. What we know is that God reaches out to all people, including the poor and the wealthy, the simple and the wise, the powerless and the powerful. All who found him now in humility before him, knowing God is possible because God came at our level. The Nativity recreates for us the birth of our Lord. We look, we see, and we are reminded. O holy mystery of God, who came to us as a little child to save us from our sins, as we prepare our hearts, our minds, our homes, and our sanctuary for the coming of the Christ child, we must prepare a place for him. As we place the manger in our sanctuary, may we open our hearts to receive the coming King. Isaiah 53, 1-6 Who has believed what we have heard? And whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him, Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by others. A man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity. And as one from whom others hid their faces, he was despised and we held him of no account. Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases. Yet we accounted him stricken struck down by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole, and by his bruises we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned from our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's one of my favorite verses. I just love that. Let's sing and worship once more as we sing about our hope, our Emmanuel.
Christians placed them in their windows to indicate that Christ had entered their home. Holly and ivy, along with pine and fir, are called evergreens because they never change color. They are evergreen, ever alive, even in the midst of winter. They symbolize the unchanging nature of our God, and they remind us of the everlasting life that is ours through Christ Jesus. Our forefathers called the procuring of these evergreens bringing home Christmas. For Christians, the passage from Isaiah reflects the sufferings of Jesus, who saved us from our sins by his death on the cross and by his resurrection from the dead. In ancient times, holly and ivy were considered signs of Christ's passion. The prickly leaves suggested the crown of thorns, the red berries, the blood of the Savior, and the bitter bark, the drink offered to Jesus on the cross. As we decorate our homes and places of worship today, the evergreen symbolizes God's eternal and everlasting love for us even after death. The wreath, round with no beginning and no end, symbolizes the never-ending love of God demonstrated in the coming of Christ and his victory and glory in the fulfillment of Scripture. 
John 1, 1 through 5, and 9 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overtake it. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of all a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Let's sing together, I want to walk as a child of the light. I want to walk as a child of the light. I want to follow Jesus. God set the stars to give light to the world. The star of my life is Jesus. In Him there is no darkness at all. The night and the
and white rosettas remind us of the purity of Jesus. Explanation of the Christmas ornaments. According to legend, Martin Luther decorated and lit the first Christmas tree. As Luther was walking home through the white fields on Christmas Eve, he glanced at the stars shining through the snow-covered branches of a fir tree. Cutting a small fir, he took it into his house and placed lit candles on its branches to illustrate what he had just witnessed to symbolize the stars that lit the Bethlehem sky on the night of Jesus' birth. The chrismon tree becomes a symbol of our Lord inside our church sanctuary. The word chrismon is a combination of the words Christ and monogram. Therefore, it is a monogram of Christ. The chrismons tell the story of the life of Christ. There are many. We have chosen a few this morning to explain from each of the categories of Christ's life. This is not by any means all of the symbols. Designs for the tree are centuries old, often as old as the Bible itself. They symbolize the heritage of all Christians. These symbolic chrismons were used by early Christians to identify themselves and to designate hidden meeting places and sometimes to show the foundations of their Christianity to non-believers. The symbols of the early church serve now and then transmit faith and belief. Thus, we have the chrismon tree. The lights of the tree represent each person who is in the body of Christ here in our church and around the world. As each of the symbols are explained and showed on the screen, if you have that particular ornament, please come forward and place it on the tree. Matthew 16, 15 through 16. He said to them, But who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Symbols of Christianity The Iota Chi and the Chi and Rho Christos monogram. Iota is the Greek word for Jesus, and Chi is the Greek word for Christ. Iota Chi is Jesus Christ, formed by these Greek letters. Chi and Rho are the first two letters of the Greek word Christos, that is Christ. This is one of the most ancient of Christian symbols, the word chrismon, when used specifically referred to Chi Rho, of Christ's monogram. Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Leader. Alpha and Omega are the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet, and as such, they symbolize Christ as beginning and the end of all things. And if you have any of these symbols that were handed out before, please feel free to come and hang them on the tree. Symbols of hope. The anchor cross symbolizes that Christ is the hope of the world. In the early days, when Christians were persecuted for their faith and had to meet in secret, the anchor, with its hidden cross, was a secret sign to indicate that Christians met in this house. Symbols of the Nativity Angels Angels are messengers of God. The angel proclaims God's redeeming love and announces the birth of God's Son. The wings of an angel symbolize their divine mission. Angels brought the news of Jesus' impending birth to Mary and Joseph, and a host of heavenly angels announced Jesus' birth to the shepherds. Matthew 2, 1-2 In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Magi came from the east, came to the east from uh, 
from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the Christ child who is born king of the Jews? For he observed his star in the east and have come to pay homage. The Star of David. The Star of David has six points and refers to the appearance and the revelation of Jesus as the Messiah, the descendant of David. The Epiphany Star. The five-pointed star refers to the appearance and the revelation of Jesus as the Son of God. Peter speaks of the morning star rising in our hearts. The Symbols of the Life of Christ. Matthew 28, 19-20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the ages. The shell and water drops. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, the heavens opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting him. A voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Later, Jesus baptized them, saying, Therefore go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded of you. And surely I am always with you to the very end of the age. Just as Jesus was baptized at the beginning of his ministry, so the risen Christ instructed his disciples to go and to immerse others in the power of the triune God. The shell with its three drops of water falling symbolizes baptism in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The eight-pointed star is the star of redemption or regeneration, also represents baptism. Eight is traditionally the number of regeneration, and thus many baptismal fonts have an octagonal base. Providing added significance is the assumption that Jesus was circumcised and named when he was eight days old, the traditional Jewish practice. Baptism is seen as the New Testament equivalent of circumcision. Matthew 3, 16-17 And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came from, up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw God's Spirit descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from the heavens said, This is my Son, the Beloved. With him I am well pleased. The descending dove. The dove is the symbol of the Holy Spirit. This symbol is seen in Scripture as at the baptism of Jesus. The descending dove is also used at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came upon the church. This symbolizes God's coming to us. Matthew 4, 19. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. The fish. The fish is the ancient secret symbol of Christianity. Symbols of passion. Matthew 26, verses 26 through 28. While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from this, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. The chalice. The chalice, or cup, symbolizes Holy Communion. With hearts and souls we rejoice. 
For with this offering we seek to honor him who took the cup of our suffering and drank of our sorrow, proclaiming the love of God. John 1:29. The next day he saw Jesus coming towards him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The sacrificial lamb. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. People, with this offering we seek to honor him. For God has heard our cry and has answered our plea. God gave his Son to die for us. O Lamb of God, grant us your peace. The crosses. The Latin cross. Finally, Pilate handed Jesus over to be crucified, so the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Carrying his own cross, he went to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. Here they crucified him with two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. The cross, with its longer upright than cross bar, is the probable form on which Jesus was crucified, and therefore the foremost symbol of Christianity. The cross and orb. The orb, or sphere, symbolizes the world, and with a cross, Christ's triumph over the world. The crosslet cross. Four Latin crosses joined at their bases to represent the carrying of the gospel to the four corners of the earth. Matthew 28, 1 through 7. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. The butterfly. The butterfly symbolizes our Lord's resurrection. Just as the caterpillar spins a cocoon and lies encased in a seemingly dead shell, only to emerge in a changed form as a butterfly. So Jesus was entombed but rose from the dead. With this offering, we seek to honor him who burst forth triumphantly from the tomb. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead raises us out of our defeats and failures. God's victory is our victory. Like the beautiful butterfly, we emerge into the light of God's love. The Triquintra. The Triquintra is a symbol of the Trinity. It is made by placing arcs of several circles together in a design so that the center of the arcs form a triangle. The arcs are always of equal size, symbolizing the equality of the three parts of the Trinity. The shamrock also symbolizes the Trinity, God, three in one. Revelation 11:15. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Messiah, and he will reign forever and ever. The crown symbolizes sovereignty and shows that God is the ruler over
Christ is the king of the world. The crown symbolizes the kingship of our Lord. The greatest gift of Christmas is the gift of God in Jesus Christ. All that we do at this holy season points to that expression of holy love. Christ came as a baby in Bethlehem, God's gift at Christmas. As Christians, we seek to pass on our heritage to our children and to those who, by faith in Christ, become a part of the family of God. It is through the work of the Holy Spirit in your life and mine that the gift goes on. Please join me. With symbols symbols of majesty, majesty, love, love, and service, we seek to honor Christ who lived, died, and rose, and lives in each of us, teaching us how to live the world as his example. From early times, light meant faith and intelligence, and it has long been a symbol of Christian joy which dispels the darkness of paganism. Light brought beauty and purpose into the world. Light means life, for without it, nothing in this earth could exist. Jesus Christ brings life to us, for without him, our spirits could not be reunited with God in everlasting life. As Christ said, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The popular custom of placing lit candles in the windows on Christmas Eve originated in Ireland. There, were, there they served as a guide and invitation to all who, like Mary and Joseph, might be looking for shelter. As we prepare Christ's coming, may the beauty of our sanctuary and the joy of the season be our heart. Whether from a small candle or sunshine on a spring day, light is something we cannot live without. It illuminates the world around us so that we can see and understand. It brings us warmth so that we can live and grow. It is the source of life itself. It is the light of wisdom. It is the light of joy of all who will accept it. Take the light of peace to all. It is Christmas. God is with us. We bring God's light. Let us pray. Holy Lord, we come with joy to celebrate the birth of your Son, who rescued us from darkness of sin by making the cross a tree of life and light. May the tree, arrayed in splendor, remind us of the life-giving cross of Christ, that we may always rejoice in the new life that shines in our hearts. We ask these things through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let's sing together verse 3 of I Want to Walk as a Child of the Light.
are invited to join us on this Advent journey. Let Christ speak to you as you prepare your heart and mind for his coming.
Thank you. 